that introduced the so-called scientifical method of slayer hunting by Clifford Farmer, birth, 1685. I've wanted it so long, said Joe, who yearned to join the League of Defenders, brave and gallant vampires who protected their fellow creatures from those humans who would destroy them by any means possible. The noble profession had undergone a vast change adopting modern techniques to battle an ancient threat. Relying on one's instincts, which had always been an imperfect process at best, and a guessing game at worst, had been supplanted by steadfast science. Now, instead of spending three months learning the antiquated art of filtering out the smothering scent of garlic, one simply could put on an allium mask, which accomplished the task for you. Footnote number two, invented by Willis Whippeton, 1750-1954, for his son John, who suffered from Discusia garlisima, a chemosensory disorder that makes everything smell like garlic. I plan to spend my dollar in new music, said Beth, who loved to play music on the March's very old, poorly tuned piano. Mrs. March believed in a liberal education, and strove to cultivate an interest in the arts in all her children. I shall get a nice box of Faber's fang enhancements, said Amy decidedly. Her fangs, though long, were blunt, and did not come to an aristocratic point like her sister's. No one minded the dullness save herself, but Amy felt deeply the want of a pair of killer-looking fangs. Mother didn't say anything about our money, and she won't wish us to give up everything. Let's each buy what we want and have a little fun. I'm sure we work hard enough to earn it, cried Joe. I know I do. Teaching those tiresome children nearly all night when I'm longing to enjoy myself at home, began Meg in the complaining tone again. You don't have half such a hard time as I do, said Joe who served as companion and protector to their 427-year-old aunt. How would you like to be shut up for hours with a nervous, fussy old lady who's convinced every tradesman who comes to the door is there to slay her? It's naughty to fret, but I do think washing dishes and keeping things tidy is the worst work in the world. It makes me cross, Beth said. I don't believe any of you suffer as I do, cried Amy, for you don't have to go to school with impertinent girls who plague you if you don't know your lessons and laugh at your dresses and label your father if he isn't rich and insult you when your fangs aren't nice. If you mean liable, I'd say so and not talk about labels as if Papa was a pickle bottle, advised Joe, laughing. As young readers like to know how people look, we will take this moment to give them a little sketch of the four sisters, who sat knitting away in the near dawn while the December snow fell quietly without and the fire crackled cheerfully within. It was a comfortable room, though the carpet was faded and the furniture very plain, for a good picture or two hung on the walls. Books filled the recesses, chrysanthemums and Christmas roses bloomed in the windows, and a pleasant atmosphere of home peace pervaded it. Margaret, the eldest of the four, looked to be about sixteen and very pretty, 
being plump and fair, with large eyes, plenty of soft brown hair, a sweet mouth, and white hands, of which she was rather vain. A year younger, Joe was very tall, thin, and brown, and reminded one of a colt, for she never seemed to know what to do with her long limbs, which were very much in her way. She had a decided mouth, a comical nose, and sharp gray eyes, which appeared to see everything, and were by turns fierce, funny, or thoughtful. Her long, thick hair was her one beauty, but it was usually bundled into a net to be out of her way. Round shoulders had Joe, big hands and feet, a flyaway look to her clothes, and the uncomfortable appearance of a girl who was rapidly shooting up into a woman and didn't like it. Although her transformation to vampire brought an abrupt.